One of the things that I encourage people to do probably the most often is to read the Bible. Some people have made an acronym out of the word Bible, B-I-B-L-E, and they say that the word Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. So it's the best um, manual, in a sense, of how to live on how to live on in this earth, on this world. And what's also fascinating about the Bible is that even those who don't believe in Christianity have also recognized that the Bible as a book has had an enormous influence and is the foundation of Western civilization. And I've heard several talks of those who say that even if you don't believe in anything, you should, in order to understand Western civilization, you need to understand the imagery and what is present in the Bible. Another saying that I like is that the Bible is like a parachute. It doesn't really work if, it doesn't, if, you're not, if it's not opened. So that's another reason why the Bible is a book um, that you need to have always open in your home and turn to in many different situations in your life. However, as all of you know, the Bible is not exactly the easiest book in the world to understand for several reasons. One is, well, it wasn't written a year or two ago. So if you read a novel that was written recently or you're trying to read the newspaper, for the most part, you pick up on what the message of that article or that book is. However, with the Bible, that was written at least 2,000 years ago in some parts far earlier than that, we need always to look at the context of the Bible in order to understand that the words that we are reading, reading today had a context that, in some cases, um, we don't understand or do not have that context in our life. So it's very important to not only open up the Bible to read it, but it's also essential for us to have some sort of study plan for understanding the Bible and seeing the text, whatever part of the Bible that we're reading, in the wider context. Perfect example of this actually is the first reading. You could read this over and over and over again, and most likely you will get absolutely nothing from it. Why? Because St. Paul talks about meat being offered to idols, causing scandals because of uh, where meat is present, and food does not commend us to God, neither, does, neither shall we gain any advantage if we eat or not if we don't. These seem to be very abstract concepts, and they are for a very simple reason, because St. Paul wrote this text, wrote this section in the letter to the Corinthians at a time when people used to offer um, meat to idols, idol worship. And when that meat was offered to the idols, of course, the idols did not eat the meat. It was left over. So what do you do with the meat? Well, they turned around and they sold the meat. Now, the controversy that developed in the early church is that whether those who followed Christ, early Christian community, whether they were allowed or whether they should eat that meat. And sometimes I go between the commentaries of the, the different Bibles to see what each has focused on because in addition to the text of the Bible, which is large, there can be a very long commentary. And in fact, there are volumes and volumes of commentaries that fit, that fit 
entire library shelves, depending on what angle of the text. So the commentaries in the Bible, which are mostly found at the bottom, but sometimes in boxes, help us put the context of what we're reading and make that context understandable. So in this Ignatius Study Bible, you have an entire page dedicated to that controversy talking about Paul, Paul's teaching on food and sacrifices to idol and that controversy in the early church. So, now when we read the Bible, we are not reading the Bible simply for history. So even if we read the Bible, get confused at first, do some research, find out that this had to do with a controversy in the early church of eating uh, meat that was offered to idols or not, of course the obvious question is, why is that still relevant to us? It's relevant for a very basic principle in reading the Bible, and that is patterns, moral patterns that the Bible presents to us. Whatever is presented in the Bible is not limited to that time. There are elements of it, the principles that are discussed and the principles that are taught that continue to be relevant for all time. So that becomes very flexible in reading the Bible. Whatever you find in it that is applicable to you and is helpful, then that's one of the many blessings of the Bible. One, perhaps, can be in this passage that we should not cause scandal to those around us in the things that we do, whether it is that we're eating, whether it is the things that we're wearing, whatever application that you pull out is legitimate if it is a proper um, application. In addition to the context of the text at the time that St. Paul wrote it, we also have to be, bear in mind that this text, the, uh, the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians and the Gospel text, were picked for a specific reason to be read on this Sunday. And that's one of the blessings of the Catholic Church is that within the five different families, uh, within the, the five different Catholic families, the Byzantine, the Roman, the Armenian, the Coptic, and the Syriac, the same reading is read in all churches around the entire world. So every single Byzantine Catholic, whether the Ukrainian Catholic, Russians, uh, Bulgarians, Antiochian Orthodox, Catholics and Orthodox, they are reading this text um, on this second Sunday before the beginning of Lent. So then you have the context of why this text is placed here. And of course, because we are beginning, next today is Meat Fair Sunday, next week is Cheese Fair Sunday, in which we bid farewell to meat and dairy products, and then we begin Lent. So this passage from St. Paul's letter reminds us that although it is important to fast, in fact, it is crucial to fast from something. Some people can't fast off meat for health reasons, and everybody's got a particular reason. But it is very important not to dismiss the fast, to fast as much as you can. If you are healthy and you are able, then fast from meat and dairy products. Fast until noon. We'll get into what fasting, the details of fasting, in next, next week. But if you fast... Don't look down upon those who don't fast. And if you do fast, don't think that you are any better than others who are not fasting for whatever reason they have. And that's why this verse, which initially referred to um, food that was offered to idols, 
becomes placed in this Sunday to refer to any food in general, where St. Paul says, food does not commend us to God, neither shall we gain any advantage if we eat nor suffer any loss if we do not. And he's not saying here, you can read the rest of the passage to put the fourth column, he's not saying that we should not fast, but he's saying that fasting should lead us to something more important. Fasting should lead us to, to a sense of self-sacrifice, a sense of giving away, giving up things that we might not, we might not need, and especially in the world and in, this, in um, the society that we're living in, where we live in an abundance, surely we can give up some things. Now, this first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians actually leads us very well and is connected to the gospel from the gospel of St. Matthew, where Jesus tells, uh, gives an image of the end of time. And ultimately, this gospel points to good decisions that we make and the consequences of those decisions that, that have repercussions both on our life the life of others, and our relationship to, to God. Jesus gives this story or this example of the end of time and we will experience eternal glory or eternal separation from God based on a certain set of criteria. That in itself should wake us up and make, and make us realize how, how important this is. Jesus sets forth the criteria. In a sense, it's kind of like an open book exam. Jesus gives us the example before we start our life or as we're going through our life. Those whom we may look down upon are, in fact, for us who believe in Christ, the actual face of God. So if we choose to live ourselves separated from the real needs of those around us, then Jesus is telling us, very cautiously yet very directly, we are also separating ourselves from God. Therefore, the wider context is the end of time, but also for us today as we're preparing for the beginning of, of the, the great fast, we think of our decisions, our past decisions that have led us to, to where we are in good ways, but also there's an opportunity to think of our bad decisions the things that we are living in this life, we are suffering from uh, because of what we have done. To think of God as the good shepherd who welcomes us, not as the angry judge, but also reminds us to take the Bible seriously, to read it very consistently, to look at the context of that time, but then also to look for how we can apply the Bible in very practical and real ways in our life.